Welcome to Kansas City Real Talk, brought to you by KCRAR. I'm Bobby Howe. I'm Alex Gehring. What's up? Well, not a whole lot. It's a little bit chilly. Yeah. It's a little bit brisk out there. It's mm-hmm. jacket weather, like little, little zip, is. full zip weather, you know. Bobby, well, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Why do you ask? I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared of which direction this next question is going to go because in my brain, there's no, there's, it's not going to go anywhere. You just, I'm just curious what's going on in your life. There was kind of an announcement that you alluded to on our last episode and it's been announced. Do you, you want to? Yes. So, yes. So I have taken on a new, uh, C-suite role, which is weird for me to be like, Oh, I'm this new C-suite role, uh, a new executive position. And, um, overseeing a franchise, uh, regional office franchise of 240 offices in seven states. So Woo! we've got uh, three quarters of Missouri, all of Kansas, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Mississippi, Alabama, and Louisiana. Uh, we've got all those offices of, of regional ownership and uh, it's fun. So I've, got, I've only been in the role two weeks. So let's be clear. I've been in the role two weeks, but I am really <laughs> excited about this new role. Um, I'm really excited to get out and, and meet my people and really work with them over the next, you know, probably 20, 25 years. Like this is, I see, this is my forever role going forward. At least that's what I'm hoping it to be. And then just this week, and uh, I went under contract on what's probably going to be my forever home because, uh, good Lord, it's freaking huge and I don't need that much space, but you know, in this market, I got a deal of stuff. I'm gonna have to rehab it, but I'm excited for all these things. So it's, uh, you know, just get some stuff underneath that I kind of yeah. getting to that age where now I'm, you know, I'm mid, I'm now mid forties. I was, you know, I was early forties before, but I think by the time you hit 44, you have to say I'm mid forties now. So I'm now mid forties and I can see that forever, you know, sort of thing now, not these still just climbing up sort of thing. So. Well, congratulations, friend. I'm really excited for you. Thank you. I'm excited. Um, when we get into the new house and we, um, well, I have to tear out all the carpet. <laughs> the nice lady who lived there, she built it in 1985, one owner home, uh, had multiple dogs and cats throughout the house. Um, and she's uh, in her mid eighties now. And so the last few years, maybe the pets didn't go outside as often as they were supposed to. They just went in the house. So all of the carpeting in the house, all of the flooring in the house has to be completely ripped out and put back in before I can get moved over there. But we're going to. Oh, know, that's nothing. That's yeah, easy. That's oh, easy. My goodness. Somebody else does the work. That's I not rehab. Well, this 100% was a party house back when it was built in the mid 80s and in the early 90s. Like when I was over there with the carpet guy yesterday, measuring out all the carpet so I can get my bit of what it's going to cost me before I even move into the house. He's like, I'm fairly certain there's probably cocaine somewhere in this carpet. <laughs> it's just, you could tell it was a party house. They had lots of stuff. Um, the master bedroom, uh, the master bathroom, I'm sorry, is just this. It's almost uh, probably a New York city apartment all to itself. There's no reason for the master bathroom to be as large as it is, but there's one whole room in the master bathroom dedicated to this big huge jacuzzi tub and all the walls are mirrored like and I somebody said something about going in that bathtub but I was like I don't care how much bleach goes in that bathtub I will never ever ever get in that bathtub but I sent it to former uh podcast guest Tommy Choi the the photo of just the bathtub and his his response was I'm fairly certain 
Only fans was birthed in that tub. Only fans was birthed. In the t- That's hilarious. So I've got a so you know talk about flooring. Yeah. So I've got a rental property uh, that I acquired here in the last uh, four months or so, and uh, the it was a rental before I bought it as well. Unfortunately, the previous tenant just kind of locked their dogs in uh, the back of this rental uh, in an addition. And I'm sure that they let them out. I don't want to make any accusations there, but they completely destroyed the entire thing. So flooring uh, was completely dug out. Um, The siding along this addition was completely rotten from the bottom to the point where when I did the mold remediation that was required on it, they had to cut everything out and remove the insulation and everything. And you could see daylight on 100% of the walls and the uh, bottom of the siding. So uh, it, yeah, I think you're gonna be all right. <laughs> Mine is not nearly that bad. It's we, just, had to gut, can... we had to gut the entire bathroom and put it all back together due to mold. Uh, had uh, wood rot throughout uh, the entire home, not just on the addition. It is a good time. Good time. So sounds like a good time. Yeah. Termite damage. (laughs) Yeah. So this one, the there are two skylights over this master bathroom tub that the glass is well, the outer layer of the skylight glass is broken. Water has gotten in. But I think when I'm just going to gut the entire bathroom, take it down to studs, redo the whole darn thing. And I think the skylights are going to go. But like this house has a concrete tile roof. What? what, I I don't even know anyone up here who even services a concrete tile roof. Um, We're running out of time. I realized that we need to get our guest on here. So we need to talk about our guest. And I've got one of those things that, you know, I usually have. Have a book bit. Do, 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 Bobby's book bit. Casey, I'm a little extra rary today. All right. My book bit for today is a book that um, it was last week. Actually, one of my staff members told me about this book and it sounded amazing to me. And I was like, I ordered it off Amazon right then. It was delivered to me over the weekend and I got it read this week so I could do it for our podcast today. So the book is called Influence. The Power of Persuasion, and it's by Robert, I'm going to say Caldini. I'm not actually sure how to pronounce his last name, Um, but the book is the go-to for marketers since 1984 when it came out. I'm not sure how I've never heard of this book, but it has six key principles behind human influence, and it talks about practical ways. So the six key principles that influence humans' behavior is reciprocity, commitment, and consistency social proof, authority, liking, and scarcity. So my three lessons are one of each of those. Well, I'm going to do three of the six principles. So lesson number one, you can use reciprocity bias to build up massively good karma account. And what he talks about in that book is that we always feel compelled to return a favor and marketers know this. And then we usually return a bigger favor than was made to us. So there was a study done by Cornell University in 1971 where a researchers bought the participants a 10 cent bottle of Coke. It was 1971. So Coke was 10 cents back in 1971. 
But then they asked um, the participants to buy a raffle ticket from this researcher shortly thereafter. And the people who owed him one bought 50 cents worth of tickets. So that's not only five times as much as the price of Coke, but also twice as much money as it was spent on tickets when he didn't bring the Coke beforehand. So, but you can always flip that around. Instead of trying to guilt people into reciprocity, get out of your own way to help other people and you'll just naturally build up a massively good karma account, no tricks needed. So do good for others and they'll feel the need to uh, return that favor to you. The second one is because we hate to miss opportunities, scarcity makes us act. And marketers know this and use this all the time. Don't you hate missing out on a good deal? Um, we beat ourselves up when we miss that opportunity because regret is a really powerful feeling. Um, there was a research that showed people who were told of a limited time meat sale bought three times as much meat as they were actually initially prepared to purchase because they didn't want to miss out on that sale and those good prices. So pay attention the next time you sign up for an email list and you're only offered a two-day deal uh, there afterwards. Just cancel that, sign up again and get your deal again. Uh, but scarcity bias is one of the most widely abused ones by marketers. So just try to be aware of that whenever you see people doing it. And my third lesson is, when you make a small commitment, your consistency bias will help you reach your goal. Uh, imagine you're chilling on your towel at the beach and someone suddenly steals the radio of the person next to you while they're away. What would you do? Most of us would just do nothing. We would just sit there and watch it happen and be like, that sucks. Now, imagine that person asked you to watch their radio before they walked away from their beach towel. Now, if that person comes and steals the radio, you're most likely to now go chase down that person to get it back because you made a commitment to that person to watch their thing while they were gone. And a small commitment goes a long way because it triggers your consistency bias to treat things and do things the same way over and over again. And I never really thought about it like that, but I was like, yeah, sure. A guy runs away with the radio. They hadn't said anything to me. I might say, stop but I'm not going to go chasing down. Had the person asked me to watch their stuff, I would take a greater uh, ownership over their things. Um, using many commitments to jumpstart reaching your goals and then use the consistency bias to take you the rest of the way. Too often we just place big goals, but not little things along the way. So that's the book, Influence, The Power of Persuasion by Robert, somebody not going to try to butcher his last name. So I am so excited today. Because we got to get our guest on here because I'm sure he's in the waiting room going, come on, come on, guys. Uh, our guest today is Nashville Realtor and one of my best friends. I have a lot of best friends, I've noticed by doing this podcast, but Brian Copeland. He is also a former uh, vice president of Association Affairs for the National Association of Realtors. Uh, and he's been a guest uh, on KCRER at KCRER for a recharge in the past. So let's go get Brian Copeland and bring him here to our podcast. Let's do it. Continental Title Company is the regional title and escrow company that cares. With 19 convenient locations, they provide exceptional services for your real estate and lending transactions across Missouri and Kansas. Utilizing cutting-edge technology, transparent communication, and outstanding customer service, 
Continental Title strives to ensure the safety and security of every client served. Reduce costs for your clients with their no-seller closing fee and competitive rates. And save time and energy with their online earnest money deposit tool and intuitive mobile app, which can create customized marketing pieces and calculate closing costs for you in seconds. Because at the end of the day, their goal is to make sure that you, the Realtor, shine every time. Choose a title company not only invested in the success of your closing, but in the success of the industry and community as well. Visit ctitle.com to connect with one of Continental Title's local offices for more information. The CTC team looks forward to seeing you at the closing table very soon. Happy selling. Welcome back to Real Talk, brought to you by Kansas City Regional Association of Realtors. Bobby and I are here with Brian Copeland. Brian, how are you doing today? Hey, y'all. I'm good. Here in Nashville's beautiful weather as always, and just a great day. Well, I can't tell if you're being sarcastic or not. What's the weather like in Nashville right now? It's 70 degrees. Oh, my gosh. I hate you. It's cold here. I lied. It's 52. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I wouldn't feel it, dude. I was, I was but, a but my job is to, is to attract people to Nashville. You know, if you're gonna, if you're gonna come on a podcast, you gotta have people fall in love with your city. But yeah. I wasn't you sure when you were wearing that windbreaker. I'm thinking, you know, you're you're definitely. Uh, it seems like it might be a little chillier there than you're saying. <laughs> it's a little chillier than he's saying. He's a liar. All right, Brian, one of my dearest and oldest real estate friends. Not old you, but our relationship. That's how I mean that. I'm not. You are not old. <laughs> I'm not old. I actually You're am. Not. We're, we are not old, Brian. We are not aging. It's fine. Um, tell us about, I love your journey into real estate. So tell us what you did before real estate, how you got into real estate and what's led you to where you are today. In the summer of 1972, how much time do we have? We have 30 minutes. So you do what you, you do, you boo. <laughs> so um, I was a music publisher for a record label here in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, that was, uh, I've got, I moved here to Nashville. One of my best friends is a major producer. You you probably have heard thousands of his songs and didn't even know he produced them, but uh, our moms were pregnant with us at the same time. And I don't even remember meeting him. And when I turned 22, he said, um, I need you in Nashville. And I knew nothing about the music industry. He just knew that I knew music really well. And he knew I knew how to sing and he knew that uh, music was a passion of mine. So I moved out here when the music industry was in for 10 years. Um, and then there was a lot of parallels in the music industry because, you know, we went through Napster, uh, which was very similar to aggregation syndication that we saw here in the real estate industry. And I had to adapt then when I was 23 years old and then having to adapt it again in my 30s was really interesting. So what did you do for him while you were in Nashville? What were you doing? Well, I actually worked for the record label. He was a producer, a staff producer at the record label. And so my job was to nurture songwriters, which are just like um, sellers. And then their songs are the houses and uh, the artists were the buyers. And I was the realtor in between. Uh, So it's it's pretty much the same industry. (laughs) Pretty much much exactly the same. But it pays horribly. (laughs) (laughs) Real estate's a little better. So how did you make that transition from the music industry into picking real estate as... Yeah, uh, you know, that that journey had ended. Uh, I was tired of not making enough money. I was tired of not actualizing myself. And, um, you know, I, I had met uh, the person of my dreams. And I was actually going to move to DC, LA or New York. Um, and he looked at me and said, please don't go. Let's try to make this work out. 
And I said, well, I love real estate. I live on the MLS all the time. And he said, if you can make $13,000 a year, we can make this work. So can you just please try? And so um, I got my real estate license. And in my first nine months, I sold 62 homes. And uh, I became sugar daddy. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I didn't. Uh, we both still work. But hey, you can laugh at that. <laughs> Thank you. You are it's, sugar it's daddy. It's less though. awkward. It's less awkward to I, the listener. I was, I was naturally laughing. And then I unmuted. And, and then you just heard like the end of the laugh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No. So that's but you are sugar daddy, but it's worth it. Mm. Well, I'm sugar daddy to two little kids who are eight and 11 and it's Halloween weekend. If you're listening to this later, it's Halloween weekend. Now where we're recording this and there will be lots of sugar, lots of candy. And um, I will be throwing it out on Tuesday morning. Well, this podcast actually comes out Wednesday morning. So with Halloween, is still fresh in everybody's Beautiful. mind and Beautiful. we are good to go. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, Brian, one of my first memories of you, um, I was very new to the industry and you came to Kansas City for uh, Recharge. Um, and I, I don't know if I've ever, I've never gotten a chance to tell you how impactful uh, what you uh, said uh, during your session at Recharge was for me. Uh, but one of the things that you focused on was digital marketing. And I remember specifically, you telling us that um, you, you gave us some really great dialogue to use with a seller when we're at a listing appointment and we're talking about digital marketing, that we take digital marketing very seriously and that we track our efforts and make sure that it's successful. You told us that every 1,000 views on social media should equate to a showing. Lord, you took good notes. Wow. Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah. And that, for, of course, we all want 10 showings. So we're all looking for 10,000 views uh, mm -hmm. online. I'm curious. I mean, the, the, the online world has changed since then. That was probably six years ago. Uh, online world has changed a little bit since then. Do those metrics still hold up? And has your dialogue changed uh, given our current circumstances? You know, the, the metrics still are holding up. I mean, because these these are narrative metrics because we say, where's that statistic at? Well, it's it's more working with other realtors who say, this is what we're seeing. Yeah. Um, the joy is back then we were having to use, um, you know, very few uh, mechanisms to get those views. Now for us to get to those clicks is, is a lot easier. So uh, it still holds up, uh, but more than ever, you have to now, uh, especially with the technology piece, talk to people about the the real life clicks of talking with people face to face. So it's really weird. That's the one thing that really has changed because back then the game really was a technology game. Now we're seeing so many people connect in different ways, more traditional ways while still marrying technology. So Brian, you're known for your marketing, your scripts. Obviously that's literally what Alex was just talking to you about. And one of the scripts that has always stood out to me which is interesting because the, the script that stood out to Alex was a marketing script. And the script that stood out to me is when you're talking with sellers and we're talking about putting their home on the market, that there's four things that are going to sell their house. There's price, condition, location, and marketing. And marketing is way down here and location and condition can be overcome with price. So price is the most important thing when we're pricing your house. But it's funny because marketing is so important and yet it's not so important when it comes to the individual home. What are some of your go-to scripts that you absolutely love with your sellers and buyers and anybody? 
Yeah, the fact that the price is number one marketing. And in that, we all say comps. And I always, because that's what technically your online syndicators, anyone who do valuation models online, that's what they're given is a comp. And I don't call it a comp anymore. I call it the dummies price because any dummy can come up with a comp price. In fact, there are 10 to 13 prices of your on your home. And I'm going to tell you all 13 prices of your home. Have you heard your 13 prices before? Radio silence. They haven't. So has any realtor gone over with you all 13 prices? No, radio silence. So when you start going over comp, the dummy price where we open, and then we go over uh, the, the competing, the compelling, the appraisable, the pioneering, the threshold, the, the after inspection, the closing, the, all the prices, they're sitting there going, oh my gosh, because they have to understand that um, I've flown this plane in very turbulent airs many times, and I I've landed it every single time. And that's part of the process is knowing your price and that that price could change. And what you think today, especially in this evolving market we're in right now, this correcting market we're in right now, for them to understand that while we we may have came out, come out of the gate at this price, it may change. And I think a lot of people would give them that price up front um, and, and they're kind of shocked when we ask for a price adjustment or just the opposite. When it goes to multiple offers, did you not know what you were doing? Um, in this case, it, it really helps us uh, prepare them and, and really covers ourselves for lots of that 360 evaluation on pricing. So I've never heard of this idea of the 13 prices of the home, and I'm sure maybe we've got to like do a, uh, like some kind of a subscription service to figure out what these 13 prices are. Do you, are you able to share those with us? Well, yeah, but you know, it's, it's a, it's a pretty long share. Um, so, so yeah, maybe I can come back to another Missouri podcast and we'll do it on pricing. Oh, I like it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and technically, this is KCRIR, so we got Kansas listeners as well as Missouri Yay. listeners. So you've got both states. We're right on state line, so you're you're right there. So Yay. Kansas people, you can listen to this too and use it. Very good. Brian, we've got a lot of changes that uh, people are experiencing in the marketplace right now. And and I know that uh, realtors are are really working hard to cut through some of the uncertainty that consumers have as a result of uh, rising interest rates um, and a variety of other circumstances that are different depending on where you are across the country. Uh, I'm curious what you're telling people right now about interest rates in particular. Yeah, first avoid the cliche. Everyone's saying, well, you know, interest rates are 7% on their meme. And on the other side, it says, but renting is 100% interest. Y'all, everybody's saying that. Yeah. You've got to tell your story in this. And what we've been doing is comparing uh, this, this evolving market with the market of 20 and 21. Okay. I can't compare the body of Brian Copeland at 50 to the body of Brian Copeland at 21, because I'll tell you right now, an extra large shirt makes me look like a pop can of biscuits. I just can't do it. So um, I have to be very realistic with what I compare with. And right now we're comparing this market to 2021 and we never saw a market like 2021. It was, it was on caffeine, Red Bull and, and beef jerky. It was just all over the place. So um, we've got to compare more to a market um, that like 2006, 
to say, you know, um, there there were, and again, we had subprobleming and those kind of things there, but we've got to be realistic about where we're comparing. And I think with scripts and dialogues, we tend to think we can get away with one line and you can't. Sometimes what we're doing is storytelling. And in this, our storytelling has to give peace to the consumer. Now I'm going to sit here today with you guys and say, everything's perfect. It's not scripts can't fix everything. Sometimes we have to say, Hey, I will tell you right now in Nashville, Tennessee, the prices are not going down. You say, well, Brian, Look at the recession that happened. Well, in Nashville in 2011, some areas appreciated 3.8%. So would you rather buy at a lower price now at a higher interest rate, and then when they go down, you refinance, or would you rather wait for a lower interest rates and that price have adjusted another hundred to 120000 up? And then we look at just unemployment rates. We look at relocation rates. We look at um, Nashville is expecting to have over 500,000 more people in it by 2028. You got to buy. I bought seven homes myself um, over the past few months because I understand the importance of it. Myself, that's I'm going to talk to you about it after this podcast. I just went under contract on a house this week I because... I would like you would rather buy while appreciation is down. Interest rates are up. I can always overcome interest rates in the future because we think about it. We just did a podcast with an economist. We think by next year, next fall, we're going to be back down in the fours to five and a halves. I'll just refinance then. Not an issue. You know, Bobby, I don't shop on Black Friday. You know why? I don't want to stand in the line at the electronic super box store. I don't want to fight with Maybell and her 14 aunts and uncles and cousins that are with her after Thanksgiving dinner. I don't want to do it. I bought my children's Christmas present, their Xbox, at full price back in the summer because I don't want to deal with that. And if you're a, a buyer today, you don't want to deal with the 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 madhouse that was 2021 of multiple offers where you're waiving inspections. There's it's it's like again, do you want to shop at 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 a high-end store or do you want to shop at bargain bin basement areas where you have to dig? And sometimes it's worth the extra money to not have to dig and go through the risk. And in, in this case, and the consumer, I mean, again, again, today's consumer, you know, a lot of these 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 younger consumers, they're paying $43 for a hot dog from a food stand. They're going to pay premiums and they they understand that piece. And I'm not saying for them to pay premium. I'm just saying there's something in uh, this this joy of this marketplace to where you don't have to be so stressed out because life is hard. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And one of the things that you said right before we did that was you've talked about scripts, but you relate it to storytelling. And so often Asians get it in their head that I don't like scripts. Scripts are dumb. But when we relate it back to just being storytelling and not a script, I feel like people can overcome that. So what are some of the benefits of using a script or storytelling versus just speaking from the heart? Every story has a villain in it. And people get stressed when there's a villain in a story because that's what gives you the plot. And when we were telling stories to our buyers and sellers, we have to expose the villain while showing us as the protagonist who's going to fix it. And I always start every listing presentation I have with one simple question. And I put down a piece of paper and I say, what scares you the most in this process? And their eyes get all big. And and we always think that that that, that pain, because because what scares them is, is their pain. And our job is to remove pain. 
And we always think that they're going to say that it won't sell. No, that's not what they're saying. Sometimes it's things like, I'm afraid that my husband is going to be unhappy in this process. I'm afraid that it's going to scare our kids. I'm afraid that we're going to be on the market for a really long time, or I'm afraid we're on the market for a short amount. Whatever that pain is, you have to tell them in your story, I'm your pain partner here. Um, Chicago Realtors did a great thing on pain partnerships that I went through. And um, and in exposing that pain, and then your scripts and your dialogues and your storytelling have to revolve around that. Because if the first thing out of their mouth is, I'm afraid my kids are going to be sad, you know what? I've got two children. Um, I adopted both of them. I remember that process for them and the fear that they had. I remember uh, they still sleep in my room because of separation anxiety that they have from, from their adoption situation. So trust me, I understand kids and I understand pain. And so your children are going to be a priority to me. That's your story. That's your script. You, you've got the listing at that point. Now, if you have an, you know, someone on the other end who just says, hey, uh, we, just, we just want uh, the highest price possible. Okay, let's go into that mode. You should have stories in your toolbox. Your toolbox should be full of stories. And you should be thinking through every single scenario. I have Google spreadsheets that I started that literally went over every scenario that somebody could come up with. And what story do I have that parallels it? Uh, so even when you asked this question today, you saw me go straight. There were no edits in this. I went straight into the story. So Brian, for a brand new agent who's just getting started in the industry, where do they start with coming up with those stories? You know, it's a tough question because I didn't get the new the new agents immediately. Um, I didn't get those stories. Immediately. Alex, come on in here. Your mom's trying to get say hi to me. Hi. So for those of you who are just listening, um, I was at Alex's. Uh, that's Bobby's son, by the way. Um, her, his first birthday party. That's where we found out we were having our second child was at Alex's birthday party. So, you know, when we're thinking about young people, who, who, Alex will be in real estate one day wondering how do I learn scripts and dialogues? Um, it, it's tough. You know, you don't have scripts and dialogues. Um, I, I leaned on my previous career for scripts and dialogues, and that's where I got into the whole syndication aggregation parallel to Napster. Uh, so don't think if you're a newer agent and you don't have this robust history that you can't go in. We're all human, you know, so and this is what goes down to pain. If someone's pain, again, is they're afraid of getting a divorce during this or, they're in hospice, which happened a few weeks to me, and he's afraid he's going to die. And he did die. And we had to get his home sold within the time before he died while he was still in good mind. And we sold it in less than a few hours. That was the pain point there. You don't have to be a seasoned agent to be able to look at that person and say, I've been through this pain too. So focus on your past would be my my first em encouragement to you as a newer agent is, is, is as you're creating your stories, think of all the scenarios, go to your mentor, go to your broker, go to whomever and say, what are all the situations? What are all the objections I could hear in a meeting? And then think through the stories that would come and counteract those and have them ready in your toolbox. Brian, can I ask you to share the hospice story if you're comfortable sure. with it? If not, but I loved when you shared that story on social media. That was just so straight to the heart that I think it can be very impactful to our listeners. Yeah, I bawled my eyes out. It was such a it was such a rough week. I got a call from a from a, an old, older gentleman who says who's in great mind. He says I'm dying of colon cancer. My grandfather died of colon cancer the year before, and um, he said um, I, I only have one heir. It's my niece. And uh, the doctor says, I'm probably not going to live over a few weeks. Now, so you have two choices. Um, 
well, after I saw the house, that was on a Sunday. I went Sunday morning after church straight to the house. It was a hoarder's nightmare uh, times 10. Um, and I couldn't even walk through the house. Um, parts of it was completely closed off, but it sat in Nashville's very, very hottest community in East Nashville, 37206, walking distance to every coffee shop you'd want. And I looked at him and I said, hey, you can price it this price right now and we'll sell it as is, or we can get it, we can bring uh, people in to clean it out for you and wait. It'll take us about a week or two to get it cleaned out and we'll get this price for it. He goes, let's, let's get the higher price. So um, the next day he calls me and says, Brian, a doctor just came in and my cancer has accelerated and I've got to get this sold now. So we signed all the paperwork, I videotaped literally to show that he's in good mind. Um, and he, uh, we get it, I pull over after he signs, um, I pull over, put it on the MLS. I have Wi-Fi in my Ford that I have. I put it on the MLS, took it active. Um, we went active around one o'clock. We got a uh, five o'clock, uh, multiple offers. We were multiple offers. Like this was just a few weeks ago, actually, uh, for my price. I told him if it was staged, that's the price we got with no inspection, no nothing, closing immediately and giving them 60 days to help the family clean out. The The title company uh, was at the hospice at 545. The buyer showed up at seven o'clock and signed. We funded the next morning and then he passed away. What we do matters, y'all. It, and, it does. Uh, and that, I'm about to come to tears just you retelling mm -hmm. that story because we act like we can't move mountains. And yet you moved mountains on that day for that man. And his family will never forget that. And that's what we do as realtors. And everyone says, well, Brian, you're here. No, I'm not. You, anybody listening to this could have done this. We all could have done this. We all know this. But are you prepared with your, with your scenarios? Because again, scenarios are parts of scripts and stories too. And, and giving him a choice to say, I know this is an awkward talk for you. Um, and I don't want to talk about your death, but we're going to have to. Sometimes what we do, and Bobby's obviously excellent at talking. She's very candid about her stories. Um, and when we're talking about death and dying, it's tough. But you have to put your serious face on and you have to say, I'm going to talk to you about it. You can't dance around when someone's talking about divorce, when they're talking about death, when they're talking about the loss or the gain of a child, of a failed adoption. You got to talk about it. And that's what we do. And the more, because also with storytelling comes the confidence and the um, the compassion in that storytelling. And sometimes you just have to take your glasses off, put your computer down and start crying with people. And I have a buyer right now. She's moving here because her daughter can't get herself out of bed. Her daughter's got a very, very uh, advanced form of cerebral palsy. And we sat on the phone for an hour and just bawled our eyes out because of what she can afford and where she needs to be. And uh, because of the emotions of storytelling and they feel that oneness of pain with you, um, that's how we as realtors connect. So don't get so caught up in the, in the story's content, but get caught up in the way you're listening to other stories too, because they have a script and a dialogue to tell. This is just, this is really important stuff. I mean, it, what you're talking about is 
you know, having authenticity surrounding your scripts too. I mean, these are things that you've experienced. These are things that you've helped people through. And the more passion that, that you can have and more caring and understanding you can have for the people you're working with, the more those stories are going to, you know, come into your mind. And so, I mean, that's just, that's an incredible stuff. Um, and, and experiencing pain with people like that is, is so impactful. Um, Brian, I, I feel strongly that we, uh, we're in a, a marketplace that people feel like they, uh, they don't want to work. I've heard this a couple of times. The, the market shifted. I've got people who are saying, I, I don't personally, but I'm hearing people say that they don't want to, they're going to wait three months before they get back into the business. They're just going to take some time. What would you say to people about that? And and would you? Uh, I'm sitting here hearing you talk. I'm thinking we're we're missing opportunities to develop these stories with people, right? Uh, our our consumers are feeling pain as well. What would you say to somebody who's thinking to themselves, "I'm going to take a break right now"? And you're saying realtors who are taking a break. Realtors, you're buyers and, okay. Realtors. realtors who are taking a break because there's lots of people. So realtors who are taking a break. These are your times to start. Uh, you know, getting ready for the the winter. Um, these are the times where you, um, what I love doing at these times is pulling down tax records and analyzing tax records to see what has changed hands. Um, I love going into statistics in our MLS and pulling down patterns to see what happens. Um, these are the times to start working database very heavily. Um, these are the times you, we really desire actually, because I will tell you right now over the past two years, I haven't had time to do anything. And this is a self-help time. And you say, well, that doesn't make money. Yes, it does. It absolutely does. And in that, uh, you still got to be out there with people. And if you're deciding to take some time off, um, you're making a big error. Um, if you're deciding to, uh, you know, look at through the lens, this is all about mindset too. If you're looking through the lens of, hey, the market's shifting and I just don't want to deal with it. Houses sell every single day. Buyers buy every single day. Someone's getting it. If you're stepping away, you're not going to get it. So Brian, the last question I ask all of our guests is what else? What else should we be talking about? What yeah. else should we have asked you? What else do you want to sure. tell our listeners? Well, I've got two other scripts I love right now. Uh, the one script is about realtor value and how, you know, right now consumers, uh, the Department of Justice, uh, class action lawsuits, they're questioning the value of a buyer's agent. They're questioning the value of buyer's agency. And, and the consumer needs to know now more than ever how we're paid. Uh, we don't need to be secret about it. Um, we're not secret about it. Uh, but now it's time more than ever to talk about it. And sitting at a closing table with a, with a buyer, look at them and say, thank you for being my employer. And thank you for being a good employer. The money that I'm making today is going to help pay for my kids' school. Um, we're going to give some of it to our food pantry. Um, our children have a big food drive at school, so we're going to give several to that. Um, and then, of course, it's going to help meet our household needs. So I just want to say thank you for it. It's that simple thank you. And I've had consumers cry at the table over it because they never saw themselves as an employer before. And to be thanked, and we got to be joyful receivers. And I get excited. And I'm like, look at this. Look at that amount. Thank you. You did that. And they are so thrilled about it. 
so that's the uh, gushy warm one I will leave you with. The cold bitter one I will leave you with is for my favorite scripts when I get telemarketing. Um, so when you, we always get these phone calls right now and they're calling more than ever now. And they're like, hi, is this Brian? Okay, here's your script, everyone. The first thing that needs to come out of your mouth, absolutely. Are you a buyer or a seller? Let them wait and they'll go, well, I am neither. Are you an agent trying to refer business to me? No, thank you. We're only taking calls from buyers and sellers and agents who are referring business today. Have a good day. Okay, so you got to be able to control, especially at this time, you've got to control your online script, uh, your on the phone scripts, because you'll be on the phone forever with telemarketers. That's awesome. I love the buyer agent value. I've, I've never thought about that, you know, you know, cause you know, Kevin Sears is known for saying we wake up unemployed every day. So we've had that, but I've never thought about telling my people, thank you for being my employer and what that means to me and my family, because quite frankly, that's, I'm not doing this for any other reason than for my family. So thank you for that script. I love it. Thank you for your time today. I appreciate you so much. I've already wrote myself a note that we're going to bring you back on and we're going to do an entire podcast just on pricing because your brain is genius when it comes to pricing. It always has been and you always think outside the box and I love you and thank you I for love being you, here sister. with us today. Go be amazing because you always are. Bye, Alex. Bye, Thanks, Bobby. Brian. Bye, bye. 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 bye.